0: Tonight on NJ Spotlight News, more help needed. Representative Josh Gottheimer pushing the president for even more aid to Israel.
1: Americans were killed and Americans remain in Gaza as hostages, so we've got to take action here uh, and make sure that Israel has what she needs.
0: Also, as the bombing continues and death tolls rise, a Teaneck doctor living in Israel puts out a 911 for additional medical help and thousands answer the call.
2: There is a deep loyalty and love for this country, and what we're seeing is a level of unity uh, and loyalty.
0: Plus, 77 days and counting for the 1,700 striking RWJ nurses, still no deal in sight. It has gone on way too long. It's time to resolve this and go back to work. And expanding pre-K. Acting Governor Tahisha Way announces a $25 million spending plan to increase preschool programs across the state. NJ Spotlight News begins right now.
3: Funding for NJ Spotlight News provided by the members of the New Jersey Education Association, making public schools great for every child. RWJ Barnabas Health, let's be healthy together. And Orsted committed to the creation of a new, long-term, sustainable, clean energy future for New Jersey. From NJPBS, this is NJ Spotlight News with Brianna Venosi.
0: Good evening, and thanks for joining us this Thursday night. I'm Brianna Venosi. Desperately needed humanitarian aid could begin flowing into the Gaza Strip within the next 24 hours from Egypt, a deal brokered with help from the U.S. that will allow a small convoy of 20 trucks carrying critical supplies through the Rafah crossing. According to The New York Times, conditions set by Israeli leaders will require international observers to inspect aid trucks before they enter Gaza to ensure weapons and supplies don't get into the hands of Hamas. But officials from the World Health Organization say the aid may be too little too late, as conditions worsen for civilians there. Bombed and overcrowded hospitals in Gaza have closed, limited their services, and turned off the lights. The Palestinian health ministry says more than 3,700 people have been killed in the conflict. Israel's northern border with Lebanon is also tense. Terrorist group Hezbollah and the Israeli military are trading fire. Concerns are growing the war could broaden to the region. And the U.S. State Department today issuing a rare worldwide alert advising all U.S. citizens abroad to be extra cautious as protests erupt across the Middle East and worldwide in opposition to the bloody fighting. Tonight, we're looking at this conflict from three different angles, a story of one New Jersey doctor's effort to recruit additional medical help, a conversation with Representative Josh Gottheimer, who's calling for additional aid to Israel, and we begin with the pro-Palestinian demonstrations in Patterson, who, as senior correspondent Brenda Flanagan reports, are calling for a ceasefire.
4: Pro-Palestinian advocates gathered outside Federal Plaza today in Patterson, certainly a smaller group, but with the same basic message as protesters who swarmed the cannon rotunda on Capitol Hill yesterday. Police arrested more than 300 chanting demonstrators who occupied the area. Enough is enough. We need our Congress members and elected officials across the state to take a principled stand, to listen to their constituents and to heed their calls. Protesters in Patterson, Washington, and around the world demanded the Biden administration wield its political influence with Israel to call a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war that's claimed thousands of lives and seems primed to explode in renewed violence. Searing images of death and destruction have inflamed both sides after Hamas brutally attacked and slaughtered Israelis October 7th. Israeli defense forces counterattacked, pounding Gaza with deadly airstrikes and, till now, blocking deliveries of food, water, and medicine in an ongoing massacre. Humanitarian aid can barely get through. The situation for Palestinians in
1: Gaza right now is dire. Israel has indiscriminately dropped bombs without reprieve, and with a full siege on Gaza for 13 days. Tragically, over 3,500 Palestinians have been murdered.
4: The Patterson Group gathered here, called on their Congressman, Democrat Bill Pascrell, to sign the Ceasefire Now resolution, co-sponsored by the 12th District's Bonnie Watson-Coleman. It urges President Biden to facilitate both a ceasefire and the entry of humanitarian assistance into Gaza.
5: Your
2: district is home to one of the largest Palestinian communities in the nation, the largest Muslim community in the state. And you are silent on the suffering of Palestinians overseas and here.
4: President Biden seemingly scored some diplomatic results during his visit with Israeli government officials yesterday, saying he convinced them
6: to agree to the delivery of life-saving humanitarian assistance to civilians in Gaza, based on the understanding that there will be inspections, and that the aid should go to civilians, not to Hamas.
4: Some 20 trucks could roll into Gaza from Egypt starting this Friday, possibly opening the door for U.S. and dual citizens to leave. The president did not call for a ceasefire, and he did urge Israel to seek justice.
6: But I caution this while you feel that rage, don't be consumed by it. After 9-11, we were enraged in the United States. While we sought justice and got justice, we also made mistakes.
4: Congressman Pascrell wasn't available to comment. A spokesperson for Democrat Donald Norcross stated he'd continue to support Israel, that Israel has a right to defend itself, and Hamas must be defeated within the law of armed conflict. Congresswoman Mikey Sharrow won't sign the measure, nor will Democrat Rob Menendez, noting prior to the discussion of an Israeli ceasefire, Hamas must return all Israeli and American hostages and immediately end all terrorist activities against the state of Israel.
2: It is evident to our office that the pro-Israel lobby has a chokehold on the New Jersey elected officials.
4: There's no rush by any New Jersey representatives to sign the ceasefire now resolution. The president will discuss sending more foreign aid to Israel and Ukraine when he addresses the nation later tonight. In Patterson, I'm Brenda Flanagan, Jay Spotlight News.
0: Democratic Congressman Josh Gottheimer has staunchly committed support to Israel since the October 7th terror attack carried out by Hamas pledging to deliver U.S. aid and other support in the war effort, he's also part of a larger bipartisan group of federal lawmakers urging the White House to take a stronger stance against Arab countries that have helped funded and helped Hamas, as he fields phone calls from victims' families and those whose loved ones have been taken hostage. Congressman Godheimer joins me now from Capitol Hill. Congressman Gottheimer, thank you so much uh, for your time. Let me ask you first, I know you've been attending vigils, um, holding meetings. What are you hearing from your constituents right now with how things stand in Israel?
1: I think it's a painful time for our community and our country. And I've met yesterday with families who have children who are hostages uh, right now in in Gaza, right, who who Hamas kidnapped uh, and, and including... In northern new jersey one of my constituents his son is uh, idf and in the israeli military right now was taken hostage uh, on the first day of the attack and it, it is a very difficult time right now for for everyone and you're talking about right 31 americans killed and and uh, at least a dozen american hostages that we know of um uh, and you know you're looking at 1400 israelis and americans who were killed Uh, that day. And so it's and the rockets continue to be fired into Israel.
0: Yeah, I think perhaps a lot of the the nation and the world uh, hadn't realized just how much of a population we have in New Jersey um, with connections with family who travel back and forth. Let me ask you, though, uh, you joined some of your colleagues in writing a a pretty strongly worded letter to President Biden, uh, who has pledged unwavered support to Israel, but asking him to boost security there, uh, but also put pressure on nations who support Hamas. What specifically do you want to see the White House do?
1: But it called for additional action, making sure that Israel has everything she needs to be able to get the hostages out uh, and get them home, as well as uh, crush and kill Hamas terrorist organization, with, along with Palestinian Jihad and others, who are responsible for this heinous attack, uh, barbaric attack. So those were the the major points of the letter, as well as, making sure we have additional sanctions on Iran, which, as you know, have has always been a big supporter of Hamas and Hezbollah. To, there, have uh, been, take...
0: there have been growing calls, including from uh, your Democratic colleagues, Bonnie Watson, Coleman among them, for a ceasefire. Where do you stand on that, and, and what are your thoughts on their call for a ceasefire?
1: They continue to actually fire rockets into Israel, so they're continuing their attack. I don't believe anybody would just sit back and say, do nothing. Right. We would take action to get those hostages out and to crush and kill the terrorists. And I believe that should be, right now, the, the policies that we support of our key ally, Israel.
0: Of course, none of this can happen. A, a lot of these take congressional action without a speaker in the House. Um, where do things stand with perhaps extending um, the interim speaker's powers uh, to enable some of these resolutions to go forward?
1: So many of us Democrats and Republicans in the Problem Solvers Caucus, which is a group I co-chair, have been working since uh, early last week on the idea of extending the power of the temporary speaker, the speaker pro called the speaker pro temp, who is a gentleman named Patrick McHenry, who is effectively the administrative role overseeing the House right now after Kevin McCarthy uh, left the chair. So this would give the speaker pro temp, Patrick McHenry, the power to be able to run the house and open it, including making sure that we avoid a government shutdown and that we uh, continue to pass legislation to support the American people, as well as resources, a package that the president called for yesterday, uh, support for Israel, Ukraine, uh, including border security and and, uh, other actions that are coming from us from the Senate's working on that legislation right now for us to consider until the House opens for business. And right now, because the Republicans that have been unable to uh, pick a speaker, uh, a full-time speaker, and, until they do, the House can't open.
0: Congressman Josh Gottheimer joining us. Congressman, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, the day after the deadly attack by Hamas, one former Bergen County man was desperate to help the victims, putting out a call for medical help that exceeded all expectations. His simple message, making its way around the world, enlisting thousands of licensed medical volunteers ready to help the wounded and countless people in need. Raven Santana has the story.
2: So we've been hearing the booms of the missiles and rockets that are being launched at us and the, the Iron Dome system uh, really knocking them down.
5: It's been a very tense couple of weeks for Yigo Marcus, the former Teaneck resident and his family moved to Israel seven years ago.
2: You know, we um, we live not far from Tel Aviv, so we can see Tel Aviv from our house.
5: Once the bombing started, Marcus says he wanted to do his part to help. He tried to recruit his brothers who were both doctors in Boca Raton to volunteer in Israel in the event the country faced a physician shortage. Unbeknownst to him, his wife overheard him on the phone and drafted a WhatsApp message to her friends asking for volunteers. What happened next was beyond what either ever expected.
2: Well, that WhatsApp message went viral globally Uh, And today, 12 days later, we have 7,000 medical personnel who have signed up to volunteer in Israel to come here and serve uh, should the country need it.
5: Marcus says before he knew it, his dining room was transformed into a command center for processing volunteer forms. He says with the help of his kids, their friends, and a newly formed partnership with the Israel's Ministry of Health, they have been able to recruit dozens of authorized medical professionals.
2: We have on any given day between 15 and 20 volunteers who fill my house up, we've assumed the burden of collecting um, credentialing information from physicians, verifying it independently, and then basically giving that to the Ministry of Health here in Israel so they could authorize an emergency license for those physicians. But there is a deep loyalty and love for this country. And what we're seeing is a level of unity uh, and loyalty.
5: That sentiment is being felt thousands of miles away here in Teaneck, where integrated healthcare network CARE1 organized the first charter flight to transport essential supplies and reservists to Israel. care One CEO and his daughter spearheaded the relief efforts that included more than 600 volunteers.
2: In addition to the passengers, we've sent, um, I, w- I would say, um, I'm just going to estimate, but um, over 100 pallets of, uh, of, of, of goods, of all, all kinds of uh, medical supplies and some cases uh, light military uh, needs for the soldiers, um, personal needs, uh, needs for the families, um, and uh, we're just going to continue. We're, we're not stopping
5: and staff I spoke with say on average they receive about 20 pallets filled with donations like the one behind me on a daily basis
2: many many people that came and dropped off donations were from different faiths different religions um, different race and they all came with a tear in the eye and just asked, what can we do I know is this bag of diapers gonna make a difference I say, absolutely please give it to me and I'll be on a plane tomorrow to Israel I and my team will point our energy to, con- to fight evil with love and goodness. And that's exactly what we're doing.
5: And if you want to help, donations can be dropped off at any of the three CARE 1 locations, including
0: this one here in Teaneck. For NJ Spotlight News, I'm Raven Santana. First, it was members of Congress and Governor Murphy calling for embattled Senator Bob Menendez to resign, and now, a little less than a month after being indicted on federal bribery charges, it appears most New Jerseyans want the senior senator to go, too. A new Fairleigh Dickinson University poll finds 70 percent of the state's residents want Menendez to resign, rather than serve out the remainder of his term. According to the survey released today, Menendez lost support of voters, across political parties. The results also suggest the corruption case against him could lead some independent voters to turn to Republican candidates. Poll director Dan Casino says Menendez was able to weather previous corruption charges which ended in a hung jury in 2018, but this time the public doesn't seem to be behind him. The poll comes just a week after federal authorities also charged the senator of acting as a foreign agent for Egypt. Menendez has denied any wrongdoing and is so far refusing to resign union leaders were back at it today spending hours at the negotiating table rwj university hospital and the union representing 1700 nurses are still locked in a bitter debate over contracts nearly three months after the nurses went on strike a senior correspondent joanna gagas reports both sides are locked in but eager to cut a deal It's time to end
7: it and go back to work. I think we're on day 77. Day 77 of a nursing strike that's left both sides frustrated and left nearly 1,700 nurses without work, pay, or benefits for more than two months now. It has gone on way too long. It's time to resolve this and go back to work. Union reps for the nurses at Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital sat down once again with hospital leaders today to continue hashing out the sticking points of a deal to hopefully get the nurses back to work. Those sticking points focused on penalties that the unions requested if the hospital doesn't meet agreed upon staffing ratios.
5: If they're not staffed
7: appropriately, if they don't meet the staffing guidelines, then again, the only way the guidelines are enforceable is if there's a penalty. So I guess um, that's what we need, enforceable guidelines with the penalty. The nurses' union has proposed a $20 per hour penalty anytime a nursing unit is short-staffed, but union president Judy Danella tells us the hospital's looking for some wiggle room on that penalty by proposing what's called a core deficit. They wanna have, um, it's called a core deficit, which means they can go below a certain amount of staff without still meeting the penalty. And if that ever took place, it it wouldn't be an enforceable guideline. The negotiations hinge on whether a 15 to 18% core deficit will be included in a deal. John August from Cornell University says, negotiations like this are happening all around the state and country and are the result of the bleeding of nursing staff that was exacerbated by COVID.
6: The industry as a whole needs to be held accountable to not advancing uh, a, a, a greater reaching out to their staff and working in a collaborative way to figure this out. It is the management who has control. They don't want to give up that control, and they should give up some of that control uh, and empower nurses to sit down and be a partner you know, in figuring out solutions.
7: Solutions to how they can improve their systems of care delivery, something he thinks should be a focus in this post-COVID conversation around how hospitals should be running. And he believes nurses should be a part of that conversation.
6: Include them in what I think is necessary, which is a kind of realignment of the way we actually deliver care by using a much larger team with more advanced um. Uh, capacity and and, and abilities, certainly technology can enhance that. And and finally, I think what the real issue is, is the people, uh, nurses in particular, who are leaving the profession because they don't feel like they have control over what they're doing. Some of that is staffing, but I think it really has to do with the deeper question of what is their role in actually determining care delivery.
7: Robert Wood Johnson Hospital leadership has maintained they want their nurses back to work as quickly as possible, saying in a statement they've continued to offer language in support of of top-of-market wages, as well as safe staffing standards that meet or exceed levels set forth by legislation in states like California and in a number of hospital labor settlements across the country. Both sides hopeful that a resolution can be reached soon. I'm Joanna
0: Gagas, Spotlight News. Meanwhile, the pricey cost of child care has kept thousands of other workers out of the labor force since the start of the pandemic, especially women. So today, state leaders announced they'll spend nearly $25 million to expand access to preschool programs for kids across more than two dozen school districts. The money will add more than 1,700 new preschool seats for three- and four-year-olds in more than half the state's counties, enabling them to access free- full-day pre-K. It's all part of Governor Murphy's goal of expanding early childhood education throughout the state. The administration today also targeted learners on the other end of the system, Acting Governor Tahisha Way signing legislation to boost mental health support on college campuses. The law requires institutions to annually train employees about suicide prevention, make more students aware of the rising national crisis, and increase their access to proper mental health care. In our spotlight on business tonight, the cost of a life saving COVID 19 medication is set to double. Pfizer is confirming a Wall Street Journal report this week that the company will price a five-day treatment course of antiviral drug Paxlovid to nearly $1,400, starting next year when the medication goes on the commercial market. The U.S. government had paid about $529 for the drug, but is now transitioning out of the emergency phase of the pandemic, therefore not picking up the tab anymore. Pfizer is trying to counter the sticker shock though, a spokesperson says the list price doesn't necessarily reflect the price a patient will pay. The pharmaceutical company says people covered by Medicare will get the drug for free through 2024. Pfizer is also working on offering rebates and help with copays for people who qualify, along with securing health insurance arrangements for low or no out-of-pocket costs. And on Wall Street, stocks inched lower today following Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell's comments that inflation is still too high and warned more tightening through another rate hike is likely. Here's how the markets closed. Be sure to tune in this weekend to NJ BizBeat with Raven Santana. She looks at emerging trends in New Jersey's healthcare industry, including the competition between urgent care centers and primary care physicians, and why one local hospital chose to switch to a nonprofit model. Watch it on the NJ Spotlight News YouTube channel Saturday at 10 a.m. That's going to do it for us tonight, but make sure you check out a special edition of Chatbox with David Cruz this weekend called Ahora Si, Jersey's Latin Beat. David teams up with Que Pasa's Carlos Medina to celebrate Hispanic heritage in conversations with chefs, artists, journalists, athletes, and leaders amplifying Latino voices across New Jersey. That's all happening this Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 10 a.m. right here on NJPBS. Also, a reminder to download the NJ Spotlight News podcast so you can listen anytime. That does it for us tonight. I'm Brianna Vinozzi. For the entire NJ Spotlight News team, thanks for being with us. Have a great evening. We'll see you tomorrow.
3: JM Insurance Group, serving the insurance needs of residents and businesses for more than 100 years. Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. And by the PSEG Foundation.
0: Orsted will provide renewable offshore wind energy, jobs, educational, supply chain, and economic opportunities for the Garden State. Orsted, committed to the creation of a new, long-term, sustainable, clean energy future for New Jersey. Online at
4: us.orsted.com. Life is unpredictable. Health insurance shouldn't be. For over 90 years, Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey has provided quality, affordable health plans to New Jersey residents. We have served generations of New Jersey families and businesses and are committed to driving innovations that put you at the heart of everything we do. Our members are our neighbors, our friends, and our families. We're here when you need us most. Horizon, proud to be New Jersey. NJM Insurance Group has been part of New Jersey for over a century. We support our communities through NJM's corporate giving program, supporting arts and culture related and nonprofit organizations that serve to improve the lives of children, rebuild communities, and help to create a new generation of safe drivers. We're proud to be part of New Jersey. NJM, we've got New Jersey covered.